are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com with the amount of audio and video content we generate it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two five ten or twenty five dollars and get a ton of bonus content One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Digital Noise Boys. It's the Digital Noise Boys in the house tonight. Very sorry that I started the show this way. You start it like that every time. Do I thought, I? yes, you do. It's like, hey, it's a digital noise okay, with I'll digital try boys. Different. Okay. Hey, it's Digital Noise Hour here at NPR. It's the Digital Noise Hour here on uh, KUTX. Are you ready this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? <laughs> digital Noise playing all the hits. So. We got your Jurassic Parks. You got your Green Lanterns. You got everything. That's pretty good. Oh, I know. Thank you. Yeah, you could be that guy. I could be that guy. Yeah. yeah um, I would lose my voice in, in like probably like two yeah. seconds. I lost my voice just listening to you. Oh. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm right. And uh, we're here to review home releases, as is our want. <laughs> is it our want? It's our want. <laughs> it's our... <laughs> Normally, but the is just you give me a stack of movies and you say, some of them uh, you're going to like. And the others, I'm sorry. I mean, this is a pretty good stack. This is a good stack. This makes me feel like, like, you know what? I remember why I do this. And there's (laughs) some really fun films here that I think not everybody knows about. For sure. Some stuff that's like on your radar and some stuff that's probably not on your radar that you should know about. Yeah, definitely. And I am very excited about a couple of these, uh, one of which I am not. But... Uh, yeah, you know, I know it, that happens though. I'm, yeah. I'm a very picky eater when it comes to movies. Uh, cause you know, like I like good ones and, uh, he and just wants his chicky nug dinosaurs. I want my chicky nug. Well, dinosaurs, <laughs> that's a sore subject right now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I think this stack overall is like 90%. Like I would be get like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. And we're going to start off with one of the DC Animated Universe films. I know. You're like, oh, this has got to be one of the bad ones, right? No. I mean, I know. They've had a mixed like thing lately. Have they? I don't know. No, I'm not really that well-versed in it's these. It's been kind of mixed. Uh, I mean, it's always kind of mixed. But the new one here, which is Green Lantern, Beware My Power. And honestly, full dis- disclosure, the Green Lantern uh, animated films are tend to be the better ones. From, oh, are they? Yeah, those in... Uh, uh, the Wonder Woman ones have been pretty good. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. They take their like characters that haven't made it as well theatrically and they do really good animated. But huh. this will make people happy. This Beware My Power is not only sort of like an origin story for Jon Stewart, who I know that totally like, is. When I, I was like first coming back into superhero comics. He was coming up i was like right. oh the guy it's not hal jordan it's the black guy who yeah because i remember growing up watching like the dc uh uh super 
justice i've been so bad at super this justice super justice family friends uh <laughs> <laughs> and i always liked that uh that tv show and i always remember uh uh not hal jordan uh john stewart, john stewart yeah. um hosted of uh, the daily show um <laughs> as the green lantern and i was like oh that's my green lantern i didn't really know about hal jordan he was for a lot of people and yeah. this actually is kind of the film about when they brought Hal Jordan, when Hal Jordan like fell out of the series, but John Stewart came in, yeah, like one of the big crises in Green Lantern history. Is, is, this, is this the actual origin story for yeah, him? I mean, like it's different than the comics, but it's oh, okay. not that different. Yeah, uh, Parallax, which is this alien entity that possesses people, uh, that's the thing that made Hal Jordan turn into this mass murderer thing. He right, got possessed right. with it, and he killed like almost everybody on Oa, the Green Lantern homeworld. Right, right. Was a monster. Right, he was the Hitler. Right, right. Uh, years later, they were like, "Okay, Jeff Johns found a way to bring him back," and like, "Oh, dude, I'm really sorry that all that happened." Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, that stuff's not happening. This is John Stewart getting the ring. It's just like an earthling. Like, what the fuck is happening right now? They're like, come to Oa, the planet where everyone is dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the idea that he doesn't want it. He's just like, I want to give this shit back. Yeah. Please take it from me. I don't want this responsibility because he has his own baggage. And they put it, I guess, in a modern day twist because, or spin because I'm assuming the Afghani war uh, was not... <clears throat> Happening when uh, John Stewart ha- uh, maybe it was it has been I for a while. Yeah, but, but he's a soldier and he yeah. has PTSD a little bit too. Yeah, no, he's like not entirely comfortable with the situation. To no. be sure, he's like, hey, okay, I get it that this is necessary, but just let me know the moment I can pass this thing on. And he wants to find because they're like, we don't know what happened to, happened to Hal Jordan. The thing is, this is Hal Jordan's ring you have. Yeah. So he like meets the super friends and they're all like, hey, motherfucker, what are you doing with Hal Jordan's ring? Did you murder Hal Jordan? Well, uh, it- like who apparently Hal Jordan has never explained to them how the rings work. Well, except for uh, uh, Green Arrow, he was like, oh, he like Green Arrow knows everything about the Greenland. Yeah, I mean, they historically in the comics, they're frenemies like they've had many adventures together. They don't agree because Hal Jordan is very conservative. Oh, Green uh, Green Arrow. uh, Oliver, uh, not North Oliver, uh, Oliver North. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is very liberal. Yeah. There's a very famous run that took place in, I want to say the early eighties where they're having an argument about politics and arrow goes to lantern. Let's no powers. Let's go on a drive across the American South. I've heard about show that. You some stuff. That's right. And it's really good. Huh. Yeah. And I do love the voice acting in this, too, because uh, Jimmy Simpson plays uh, Green Arrow. Yeah. Uh, McPoyle. And he's great because I was like, wait, who the fuck is it? I know that voice. And Aldous Hodge is uh, Green Lantern, who you've seen in a, a number of things, including uh, uh, Straight Outta Compton. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, everyone is really good. And I liked this. I thought it was pretty fun. And uh, it kind of, it definitely puts a little bit more of adult, you know, spin on this whole story. It's not like, uh, like, I think they curse a little bit and, you know, people, you know, definitely Oa is fucked. And so like, holy shit, they're like all dead. And like, they're not necessarily shying away from some of the bodies. And uh, I forget that like DC, I I forget comics are also violent, but like when you see like MCU movies, it's like Star Wars, like they got zapped and like, and so (laughs) in, in the comics, they're like, oh fuck, the blob ate the wasp. And like, uh, and so that's, that's the ultimate though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But you, you forget that in, then these kind of, uh, in, in comics and definitely some of the animated series, like, 
holy shit, they just got fucked up really badly. That's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those, like, this is like Green Lantern apocalypse type of thing. Like, yeah. Oh shit. It's all falling apart. Everybody's dying. New guy being stepped. Hey, you're going to be all right, right? You're fine. You can handle this. Uh, <laughs> Nolan, you don't want to do this, but you're good, right? A legendary voice actor, Nolan North, of course, is yep. uh, best known for me from Uncharted, playing the lead character in there. And I just finished The Last of Us Part One, and he plays... Um, I believe the remix, the, no, the, the, the re yeah, the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, he plays the bad guy, uh, David. Yeah. Uh, the, the cannibal. He's such an affable good guy. I'm like, why would you ever cast him as a bad guy? That's why you're totally fucked around because you're like, well, it's Nolan North. He's a good guy. And they're like, oh yeah. my God, he's the worst guy. I'm still like, I don't see any reason why in that Uncharted movie they didn't just cast Nolan North, who is an actual real actor, who was to in the play movie, the older Uncharted guy. Like, 100%. just make the older Uncharted guy. I mean, how old was Harrison Ford when he did Indiana Jones? He was already in his mid thirties, right? Well, yeah, but I'm I'm in my mid thirties. So, are you telling me I could be Indiana Jones? No, I'm <laughs> definitely not telling you that. There are other mitigating factors. <laughs> <laughs> I got the hats. I got all those hats. <laughs> I, I, I'm picturing spelunking and crawling through tiny little narrow tunnels and shit. Well, one, if I was skinny enough to do that, I would still freak out because small spaces. Yeah, no, thank out. you. No, no thank like you. claustrophobia. Ooh, yeah. no way. We're doing Fantastic Fest to, uh, together this year, and there's a movie coming up that you have to watch that is really all about that. Oh, oh no. I can't wait to see what you have to say. Oh, anyway, me. no, this is fun. I had a good time with it. It's, yeah. uh, it's darker than a lot of these, but I know a lot of the DC animated uh, yeah, the home release stuff tends to be a little on the darker side. Yeah. But no, this is fun. I, I love John Stewart. He's He wasn't initially my favorite Green Lantern, but I think he is now. He's my Green Lantern. That doesn't mean a lot, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying that out loud. Fair enough. Uh, you also get appearances uh, by Adam Strange, voiced by uh, Brian Bloom, Martian Manhunter by Ike Amadi, uh, and, you know, Sinestro becomes a plays a big role in this. Of oh, course, yes. By Rick D. Wasserman. Uh, this is well worth your time if you like the DC Universe stuff. If you have no familiarity with the storyline it's one of the big important storylines in dc from the last like 20 years oh is it really oh yeah no like the whole like how jordan turns evil thing was like a big big deal i had fallout for a decade huh i did not know that and it's it's good it, like yeah even for myself being a, a you know not knowing any of the stuff yeah a total noob and walking into it, I was like, oh, this is still very entertaining. And, and I'm all, I'm kind of looking at it from uh, John Stewart's point of view. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but okay. And uh, and then he gets more and more into it. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm digging this because I'm, I'm looking at it from his point of view. And it, and it works really well for the audience. And there's only one new, new extra, which is John Stewart, The Power and the Glory. It's about 31 minutes, which is a featurette talking about the history of this character, which, mm. you know, I mean, which is interesting. John Stewart's always been a cool character. I've always been, I felt like... One of the they really let down the uh, the fans of this character after Hal Jordan came back because it was a big deal when Jordan came back. Yeah, and Jeff Johns is a great writer and he did a terrific job. Hal Jordan's return was amazing, and then everyone kind of forgot about John Stewart and was like, mm, John Stewart needs to have his own book. But like, were there two Green Lanterns or just one Are at a time? Are you kidding me? Two or there's like no on Earth. No, there's like more than that even. There's oh, like, even on Earth? Yeah, there's like Kyle Rayner. Who has like a whole... Well, two at the same time, I mean. So no, could... no, yeah. There's oh. multiple. 
Because like Earth is like this epicenter for shit going down. Oh, sorry. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like they're like they kept adding new ones because they're like, fuck, everything is always starting from Earth. Well, the way that they, the, the the story goes is like, oh, it's like one in, one out kind of thing. No, like, yeah, oh. no. I, well, I mean, the idea is if one dies, the ring goes to find someone else. Who it has, farts away. You and have goes enormous else. will. Not the deal. The the fucking requirements become a, a you have huge willpower. Yeah, yeah. It's like so. It's like that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, but it's different. All right, also, so, that is subjective. Also, it's not the only color ring because you see Sinestro in this. He's got a yellow ring. Yeah, I still yeah. don't care. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, like what I think. Fear. I think I can't remember. Power remember anymore. No, no. I think it's fear. Um, Sleepy, dopey, but there's a bunch grumpy. of like they went into a whole thing like Blackest Night was a run in the comics where they were like uh, with zombies got involved. There's yeah, black power rings that were like zombie uh, like holders that brought people back from the dead and shit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it was it was actually really cool. It's one of the best events ever. But they revealed during that there's a ton more rings. There's like hope, love, uh, um, uh, avarice. <laughs> what they fucking Captain America or Captain or uh, Captain Planet? Yeah, pretty He's much. He's a hero. He's gonna have a Green Lantern for the fight. Zero. I don't Garrett, know, what, I don't even know yeah, what you're Let's move yeah, on to the okay. next thing. All right, which is Flying Guillotine Part Two. We have not. I don't believe we've reviewed Flying Guillotine Part One. I know I've seen it. I, I, <laughs> I was. Feel like I, I was I, halfway through this movie and it's like Part Two. And I was like, Oh shit! I don't know what the hell's happening. It doesn't matter i'm assuming it doesn't matter it's no real reason of like the only thing you need to know which the movie sets up early on is there's this weapon that the powers that be that run everything yes in china have developed which is this cage thing <laughs> on a chain that they fucking like fly around like you know they swirl around their heads and throw at you and it lands on your head and like the neck comes down over your head and then a thing comes off and just cuts off your head and then they pull it back with your cut off head. Yeah, it right? is uh, the dumbest weapon. Um, yeah, it's totally implausible. It's, it's implausible, but uh, almost it's it's like a fucking bee sting. It's used and you're like, all right, done. And like, come on, get the other ones in here because if you use it, it's full. Uh, and th- that's what I love about <laughs> Later in the movie, they come out with like the double decker. You're like, no, but we can get two heads now. Yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing is like, there's a guy who's like, I figured out the counter for it, which is basically just an umbrella with no umbrella. Yeah, the no cover. It's just the fucking prongs sick now. He catches it and like, okay, I this thing. And then the the powers that be are like, what? No, we have to find out some, we have to like make the guy who made the flying guillotine under fear of death, come up with a new advanced flying guillotine. It's basically watching phone companies fight with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also still don't understand. Like if it's a double decker, like flying guillotine thing, how the, the fucking stick middle thing is not, not going to still uh, get it away because like, Wait, it all it does like well now we can fit two heads in it and like yeah. oh does it does it uh combat the, the well, it's stick like the it umbrella thing off and it's the thing like the one comes and then it gets hit on the umbrella thing and then the other one splits off from it and hits his head and that's the way they show it oh, they only yeah. show it in one scene where that's that right. happens and you're like oh, okay that's what it is because the right. moment it gets stopped the second one comes out and goes ah no I want your head like it's got remote time thing uh, like uh, sensing or something <laughs> I don't know this is I mean it's dumb it's a stupid stupid weapon it wouldn't work but you know i mean you buy into it early on the movie's all about you going like you already saw the first film you love the flying guillotine here's more
more flying gelatin. You're, you're assuming but... a lot about me. <laughs> then I was like, oh, no, this is dumb. And that's the my end of my thought. But I kind of enjoyed it. Nonetheless. I did enjoy it because like it is ridiculous. And uh, I like the different. It's a little different than the other uh, Shaw Brothers movies I see because uh, all of them are the um, same. And uh, <laughs> no. and uh, no, it's it's always like, oh, my God, a war infection is coming in to kill us. It's like, OK, well, let's fight them. And then they kill everyone. And then there's like three people that go off and become rogues. And then they have to avenge people. That's literally every Shaw Brothers movie. And okay, you're not entirely wrong. I know yeah. uh, this, though, it's like, OK, there's a dickhead emperor. And there's one dude that has the stupid umbrella stick thing that can fight the dumb, dumb weapon they have. And uh, and then there is a daughter of the emperor. Is that what it was? I don't remember. Uh, right? There's a daughter. These that, plots are so like, what? I don't know. Okay. There's so many and there's characters like an sometimes. army of female warriors that come in. There were? Point. Yes. Whoa. I do not remember that. Yeah. There's Ma Tang and her army of female warriors. That sounds sort of familiar now. Dude, it's. This is super goofy stuff, but like if you like the goofier side of the Shaw Brothers films, this is a, a pretty decent one for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would mean, say the guillotine so. is like as dumb as it is as a weapon is sold pretty well in the film in and of itself. You're like, okay, once you're like, this is not possible, but okay, sure. Well, uh, I, what I like about it is that the Emperor is such a dickhole, and he he seems he's pretty menacing at times. Where he is, um, he has like a you know, a peon, uh, like assistant, like, Hey, I want to test this out. I'm like, gulp. And like, what do you mean? It's like, I just want to see if this works. Right. And it does. And it does. And you're like, fuck me. That guy's <laughs> awful. He's a mean son of a bitch. And, uh, that's, it's fun. It, it's fun. The, and, and also he's a formidable foe because he can also kick ass too. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone kick ass and well, yeah. And like with, he's things. a little older too, so I was like, I thought that like the other old Dude, guy, he's just like the guy, who's like the old guy who's like, no, 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 I can't do anything. Turns out to be the most badass guy. Sure, sure. He's like, okay, fine. I didn't want you to know. I'm secretly this legendary folk hero that I was trying to hide because I didn't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this comes, this 88 Films, which has been doing a marvelous job re-releasing all these early Shaw Brothers films of late, uh, where it comes with a fold-out poster. Oh, and yeah. Some bonus features, audio commentary with Asian cinema experts Mike Leader and Arnie Venema. Uh, got it. Which present a drinking game uh, by choosing which pronunciation of guillotine they prefer. <laughs> what? Yeah. Darn Wait, what is, did you watch that? No, no, I did not. Oh, but, um, I wonder what the the preferred uh Wait, how else would you say guillotine? Like guillotine? Yeah, whether uh the eyes like a y or the eyes like an l. Guillot guillotine or guillotine, I guillotine. guess. Guillotine. I am uh, maybe. Is huh. anybody pronounce that that way? Not it's maybe. always been guillotine. Yeah, it's guillotine. Who the, who the fuck are these people? Dude, let them eat cake. I'm going to move on to another Asian film, but a more recent one, which is Baby Assassins. Yeah. I saw this at Fantastic Fest. I don't remember. When. I think it was last year. I can't remember for sure. Mm. Uh, but it was one of those ones that I saw very late in the festival and went like, whoa, this is really fucking cool. Yeah, it was what fun. A, what a neat and weird little movie that's you know, it's a quilt of other ideas from films, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't feel like any other crazy Japanese film director that I've seen, but 
it definitely is borrowing from the crazy Japanese film directors. No question. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a comedy ultimately where it's young female assassins and they're, they just got out of high school, like yeah, 18, l- 19, literally just, and they're both, they're both deeply disturbed people. You know, they're, they're like, sociopaths. They're kind of killing out of boredom more than anything else. You yeah. Know? They're just bored. They're on their phones constantly. They're playing like handheld video games. They can't hold down a job they to can't. save their lives. And the thing is they've been doing this even during high school. It seems because when it starts, they've been doing it for a while and they're told by their handler. Okay. Well you're officially adults now. So you have to get a job for like cover up, <laughs> right? You mm-hmm. have to, you can't just have money coming in and you like, have to pay tax. Yeah, and they're like, and, oh, no. So the really the comedy part of this is them going like, oh, we got to get a job. And one is more sort of social and more goofy. And the other is more restrained and more like, I hate everyone. Yeah, totally. And they like have worked together. And it's not like they're friend friends, but they're associates because they're similar. But they're told, no, you all have to get a place together. You have to become roommates. Yeah. And like, OK, we don't. I, I, I mean, it, they're like any other young person. Like, what? I don't know what. What what should I be doing? What is the it, thing? It, it definitely portrays the I guess the uh, Generation Z of just like I'm not going to literally do anything and just like I guess lay around. Is that a, I don't know if that's like projecting at it's all. It's like slacker assassins. Yeah, totally. Uh, and you know there are I think the 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 parts of the movie where it does suffer is where they indulge in those parts a little too much. Yeah, there's parts that the goes pacing, on a little too long. The pacing ends up slowing down way too much when they are just like at home and they're playing Switch and you're just like, got it, continue. I, mean, I admit, I like this much more the second time I watched it than I did the oh, first yeah. time. Where I enjoyed it the first time, but I was like, okay, this one's really slow. But also <laughs> I was at a festival towards the end and I was right. like, okay, guy, I have very little energy left. Like, time's up, let's, come on. Uh, let's keep this going. But it starts so strong with one of like, just at a job interview and you don't know she's an assassin. You don't you know, know what the fuck's happening all either. All these boring yeah. questions and she's like, oh my God, fuck this. And she just shoots him. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? And she comes out and all the employees like, did you just murder our boss? Now you must die. And she like murders everyone it's in the huge convenience kick-ass scene. store like brutal and it's like yeah it's huge kick-ass scene and their friend shows up like oh what's going on <laughs> it's like are you busy and she's like ah oh, when were you gonna show up and she she's very much like almost like drunken master the way that she fights where yeah. she just goes it's so very smooth. drunk very drunken style no yeah, yeah yeah and she just like goes to the flow of the fighting and um she's very nimble it's like drunken style crossed with like some degree of like uh, uh, UFC wrestling, it feels like. Sure. Because there's a lot of like that full body like contact. Grappling stuff. And, and grappling. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they're like kind of rolling around a lot. But, but they're like, you know, it's weird. They're very young girls doing this and it's convincing fighting. They're very They're good. all doing their own stunts. Yeah. I was watching uh, the, the end credit sequence is them doing things like, holy shit, that's them. Yeah. Uh, and they're, I wouldn't say likable, but interesting. You know, interesting. You're like, Who yeah. are these people? Why are they doing this? And unfortunately, this doesn't ever develop into the point that you ever get any backstory or anything like that. There's no, nothing like that here. It, it's it just kind of throws you into the their world, and you just have to you know go along with it. And because they're not the most like likable people in the world, the more outgoing one is funny because she's inept in what she does in a real life, but she's also a vicious killer at the same time. I mean, everything gets into trouble when basically they, uh, 
get on the wrong side of the Yakuza. Yeah. Uh, which themselves, this particular Yakuza is a mess. Right, right. They have like this very uh, over-enthusiastic uh, like daughter. daughter who's like her brother who is like, I'm supposed to be the head. The father doesn't even like him at all and yeah. is favoring the daughter, which you never see. Yeah. Because like, well, like, they even talk about She's like, like an anime chick. She's like, yay! Yeah. But what's so great is that he's just like, well, we need more diversity in the Yakuza. We've been getting a bad rap. It's like more of a boys club. Yeah. We really want to change things here. And the son's like, what the fuck? And the daughter's like, and she doesn't even give a shit about that part. She's like, how oh, cool. I want power. That sounds awesome. I want to kill more people. Yeah. And it, that part I thought was really fun. And, yeah. uh, and that, that was, it really like kicked things in the high gear, but it, it does evident every now and then slow down when it even gets back to the two main leads mm-hmm. when they're just like, when they're just in their apartment. Yeah. And just like, Oh God damn it. I mean, like I said, again, Rewatching it, it didn't bother me as much as it did when I was very tired watching it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a fight scene towards the end of this where they're like, it's just the full on the raid. But they're like, we're going in, we're taking out everybody in yeah. this place. And the one girl who's more quiet has to fight like the super badass. Yeah, and, and he's a, like the henchman of the lady. It's a heavy duty fight, <laughs> man. I was like, God damn, this is really impressive. And if you watch a lot of martial arts films, you'll be like, I've never really seen a fight like this before. No, <laughs> she and she did it all, too. It's crazy how well she is at like martial arts and still acting at the same time, still being in character. Even after that intense fight, she's just like, oh, man, I'm tired. And because uh, she's always tired. And uh, I was like, that is crazy. It It's a very impressive fight scene. Like, all the fight scenes were really impressive. Well, we're going to Hong Kong for our next one, which is from Arrow, uh, a double up of Running Out of Time 1 and 2. Oh. The first film, 1999, was uh, produced and directed by Johnny Toe, who was a pretty big guy in the late 90s what, is this, he, early what else 2000s. has he done well he did he's done a lot of films breaking news election election 2 which was also called triad election uh, exile oh, mad yeah. detective drug war which all those is the only one i've seen okay uh, actually a guy i used to know who lived here in town was worked at, right wrote on that oh wow writers on it yeah. huh uh, but he yeah, he started as like 17 years old and moved up the ladder from a messenger for a television studio to becoming a director. Wow. Uh, but like, he's kind of one of those guys that like a lot of Americans still don't know his name yet, but he's like a legendary director. Yeah. Yeah. In Hong Kong. And this is one of the ones I kept hearing about, like, oh, running out of time is the one that you need to see. And I was like, yeah, who's in it? And they said Andy Lau. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm definitely going to track this one down because yeah. Andy Lau is like, I mean, for you, the, those of you who, who, like, don't recognize immediately the name, you know who Andy Lau is because you just saw him relatively recently in a Marvel film. Which one? In Shang-Chi. He was see, the bad guy. I, I didn't see Shang-Chi. He was the bad guy. He was the bad guy? Yeah. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh. I think so. I don't think so. No, am I not? Am I wrong? Uh, We might need to cut that one out. Uh, No, I think I'm not wrong. uh, God damn it. Why why do you do this to me? I don't. He was in Infernal Affairs. Yeah, I know him from Infernal Affairs. Um, Let me see. Andy Lau. Andy Lau. We're looking up. I know you guys love when we look stuff up. Uh, He uh, was in... A movie called Not Shang-Chi. 
God damn it. I thought it was him. That's not Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's not him. And well, Shang-Chi. I fucked that up. It's not him and Shang-Chi. But Andy Lau is one of the major actors out of Hong Kong. Like, he's like one of the most deeply respected actors ever in Hong Kong. He's like a, he's like fucking Al Pacino, it seems like. He's like. Yeah, kind of Al Pacino type yeah. guy. And he was like really hot when he was younger. Like, like he's a, he's a good looking guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is at, during that time. And it's funny, like. This is not what I thought it was going to be like at all when I had read about it. It's kind of a weird, it's a con movie crossed with a buddy cop movie crossed with Now You See Me. Hey, uh, the, well, that that's more the second one. Yeah, but even but this, this one, still... I think this is more like Catch Me If You Can mixed with Rush Hour mixed with... Like a, if if those two movies like had a baby and it was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Lau plays uh, Ching Hua, who we discover he's got weeks at most to live from late stage cancer. Yeah. Uh, and he basically decides he's gonna like do the a big big thing a before big he dies. Con or or a big uh, uh heist in some way. Yeah. And- he gets involved with doing this huge heist thing and comes up against a uh, police inspector played by uh, Lao Ching Wan, who is, uh, you know, a genuine good cop, despite the fact that everyone else on his force clearly is not, especially his boss, who is yeah. like, constantly, his boss is constantly like, but what about me? I need attention too. Doesn't God. anyone like want to know what I want to do? He's like, why do you keep doing things on your own? You're supposed to tell me these things. He's like, like, well, you're getting in my way. He's and- like, I'm your boss. He's like, yeah, but you suck. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. The detective <laughs> in the movie is actually kind of great. He is uh, like, he always is like on the same like page as like the person he's hunting down. So in this case, Angel Lau. And, but like maybe like every now and then he might be one page behind, but he's like, he's, he's pretty sharp and, and he's competent. Whereas like his boss, who's like Paul Giamatti, if that was the remake. <laughs> and he's just like, what are you talking about? I don't know. What I'm and because he always wants to be in the know or know everything first. And he bungles everything he touches. The appeal here is that, I mean, you're right. Now you see me as more or overtly in common with the sequel. But yeah. still, that's here. Because even though this guy didn't present himself as a magician, he might as well be. Because he's using a lot of the same sort of stunts where it's like the idea is he's constantly three steps ahead of the police, including yeah. this guy. And it has that one of those sort of like, oh, no, I respect you. And the cop going... God damn it. I kind of respect you too. And, <laughs> and that's where it gets a little heat ish. Like the, yeah. the, the cafe scene and heat where they just like, they start talking like, I won't like you if I have to put you down kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, but even though I, I need to win and it's like, okay. And the, like the detective starts to figure out, like maybe he's doing this for like a good re like there's something else going on, which is great because Andy Lau is actually pointing the police to another nefarious thing. Which is he's trying yeah. to rob bad yeah, his guys. His end goal is like definitely not just to make money or anything. No, it's no. like his whole goal is like very like this is altruistic, but you're never gonna listen to me unless I th- just find a way to make you like where you can't mess it. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's it's really fun. Oh man, I love the shit out of this movie. And it's yeah. got the greatest car chase in it. And it's got like all this great action sequences, but not like martial arts stuff, just like fun, like, wait, where did he go? Things like just clever, Yeah, a lot of chasing clever is... shit guy who's planned out every step. Every yeah. time you think, oh, 
no, this is where he fucked up and they got him. It's like, no, he accounted for that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's where it's like, it's really clever. It feels like oceans 11 at that point where they're just like, Oh, they thought of this. They thought of that. There was never a way to get ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, this is delightful. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's great. I, the one thing that, uh, was irritating me, uh, which it carries over into the second movie as well is the soundtrack is just really like super cheesy and just like, I don't know. It doesn't fit very well. Hong Kong films in the nineties. I know. I know. It was all that like HK pop is awful. In my opinion, I just awful. Well, the, the, the second movie is riddled with it. And like there, and there's a scene in that movie. You're just like, what the fuck (laughs) is going on? And, um, and uh, what happens in this one? Um, but what I love about the the the, the con man Andy Lau's character is that there are real stakes. Like there is a timeline, and uh, like he has to get this done, or he's going to just implode, vomiting blood, yeah. and just like Jesus Christ, it makes you really like him. Yeah, and it makes you really like the cop too. Yeah, the yeah, cop is really good. All the other cops suck, and he's like the one guy who's good at doing his job at yeah. this whole station. You're like, I kind of like this guy. <laughs> you like, you kind of like everyone. Everyone's yeah. really good in it. Yeah, this is way fun. If you've never seen this, this is well worth going out of your way for. And speaking of nuts. Something to go out of your way for. <laughs> what? The, the second sec- one? The second one. Actually, I like the second one. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the first one. Uh, it definitely adds an element where it's like, it's basically the same thing, except the guy's not dying. Uh, that but, is it. But, it's like, hey, did you like the first one? It's like, yeah, I did. Like, okay. It's the same cop. It's the with same a different movie. guy who's like, it's basically doing the same thing, except now the guy's like, I'm a magician and he uses magic tricks and stuff. I had fun with it. There's some really fun sequences in it. Some. There are some fun. Yeah. Although they don't always make sense. You're like, this is a lot of trouble to go through for like not much result. <laughs> exactly. And there's like some super, super cheesy stuff in this. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened, but there is a scene where they're chasing each other in the streets. And he, uh, the, the bad, the, the con man, uh, finds a bicycle. Well, I love that sequence. What? I thought that was fantastic. I did. Were they're like in a bicycle chase in the, they're in the bicycle chase, but like the music's like, I'm going to love you forever. So that was a weird music choice. Yeah. Uh, I was flabbergasted. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? It totally, it, the whole movie lost me. I like I was not having fun anymore. I, I, mean, I get it to some degree because the first one's so good, and then the second one is like, this is a pale shadow by comparison. <sighs> but I could see if we had waited, like if it had been like a year and this came out, you'd be more like, okay, because yeah, this, like, this I'm is just relatively this. newish, right? No, this is nineties. Oh, it's still nineties. Yeah. The second one, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. It uh, looks a lot better. But the first one comes with two different audio commentaries, one with Asian film expert Frank Jang and one with the screenwriters of the film. There's mm-hmm. multiple different interviews, including one with uh, uh, Johnny Toe on here, mm-hmm. the director. There's a director's overview uh, of the film, uh, including uh, Chewy Hark, the legendary Hong Kong film director coming in here, guy who is a collaborator talking about the writing of the film specifically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, like I said, it's a nice little set here of uh, things they put together. Um, I like this a lot. I really do. I really hope more of y'all seek this out because at least the first one is like, first oh, one's a blast. This is kind of a minor classic. It's a minor classic for sure. The second one skip. And, um, 
Because there's also, there's a little dash just as a trigger warning or just like a warning for people. There's some slight homophobia in like the first one. And the second one, it's just like, ew. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, like whenever you're dealing with films from another culture. Sure. You're going to encounter stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. Or whenever you're going to count films from the 90s. Well, sure. From yeah. any culture. Yeah. Any any movie before 2010, Dude, maybe. What, what, I grew up. I'm not. I've, I'm 52. I grew up in the 70s and 80s. 152? Right. Yeah. Um, I, it was normal for a major Hollywood release film to have like the main character say faggot. And right. And they're not immediately not a good character because of saying it exactly you know? yeah, yeah. you're just like okay that back then it was like you better hide right you know right like, thank god we got past that <laughs> <laughs> it just took a while <laughs> but yeah it's there, there's parts of that where it's like that's very uncomfortable to to watch and it's just not like, a lot of it it's just no it's just like, that. but it's it's always geared towards it's more the, like it's more like it's, it's it's geared towards like, the the boss. It's the, not like the incompetent boss. It's not like ugly. It's more like it's ugly. No, no. I mean, it's more like Josh and like, hey, what are you gay? Like type of thing. Uh, yeah, but there's also like a part in like the second movie where just like, what the fuck? No, no, that's true. Yeah. Although weirdly, some films from Hong Kong fully embrace it and don't give a fuck either. Like trans stuff is not a big thing in the yeah, yeah. culture. Like in fact, especially with um wuxia films, mm-hmm. it's pretty common like it was like the chinese ghost story films which are fantastic from yeah. the 80s like and many other films of that type would express that a really powerful wizard to like really gain real power has mm. to transition to a woman <laughs> huh. you know at some point you're probably going to want to transition to a woman to get real power oh interesting yeah there's stuff like that in there you're like whoa what is a this is a weird cultural thing because like i think on the ground level uh-huh. it's still not widely accepted by any stretch of the imagination but right but but when it's because- wise it was like yeah yeah no totally but it, when it deals with wizards yeah cool if you're a wizard get some tits, get some tits. <laughs> <laughs> i guess we'll just go ahead and get into the one that i already sure is your favorite film of the yes season. like he literally i said i handed right the stack of movies and like it felt like 30 minutes later, he sent me a text like, is Drive the greatest movie ever made? No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, am I watching the best action comedy ever made? Uh, and you, no. Uh, I could argue that uh, for I, a good full oh, hour. You could argue you'd lose. Uh, I think I could fucking win. However, I'm not going to, I'm not here to front on Drive. And we're not talking about ryan gosling's drive we're not talking no. about that movie there's no, another no, no, movie no. named drive that came out in 1997 starring mark Dacascos, <laughs> who i was in any number of lesser thought of action films in the 90s yeah. but probably his big moment was in the brotherhood of the wolf yeah and now obviously drive but uh and now obviously drive and he's, he's iron chef he's now uh, he's iron chef yeah. yeah but he was like a guy i remember going back in the day going this guy's amazing and then watching some of the other films that come out with them like this film sucks <laughs> the problem is with like he was doing a lot of american made action films yeah and a lot of those suffered from directors who didn't know how to film action action scenes at all yeah. at all no at all. and didn't have confidence in their stars to just they're good enough to do this without you editing the shit out. That's right. He's in uh, John Wick three. Yeah, yeah. He's like the the main bad guy. He's like really jealous of uh, John Wick. Like, wow, you're he's really great. good. And yeah. this also has like a Kadeem Hardison yep. as like his <laughs> his oh, buddy oh. in the film. He's 
uh, just de facto buddy because in a bar, people are trying to kill uh, Mark DeCosta. DeCosta? Costco's, yeah. uh and uh he's like come with me if you want to live and like okay and also you need to drive me around yeah and uh, he's like what fuck he's you the whole, like you have no choice you're you're now my buddy he's like yeah. i don't want to be here why am i here you might know him from a different world he played Dwayne wayne on there which yep. is probably his best known role but you know there's a lot of big stars in here like tracy walter who's a character actor who's been in like literally a hundred more than 170 films in television is the guy who plays uh the henchman the main henchman in batman yes yes and most notably for me repo man he's the guy who's like uh it's the guy the homeless guy who just hangs around a lot is like telling conspiracy stories yeah it's like i'd love him that but also britney murphy oh my god all right britney murphy was in a lot of movies that a lot of people don't even know about and haven't seen that are so fucking good this is one of those ones to see this that, that, that was like oh my god this is really a great britney murphy role it's it's one of her best roles <laughs> i mean it's that it's that manic uh like craziness of uh, britney murphy from like spun or something like that yeah. where it's spun it's, yes it's spun. i love spun right oh my god it's it's pre-spun it's post clueless and you're like fucking britney murphy's in this and <sighs> she okay yeah. i this is the way to watch this movie and we'll we'll get into what the plot is the 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 way that you watch this movie is you have at least two and a half drinks on an empty stomach. At least, at least you're slightly tipsy, yeah. and then you a little fentanyl, a little fentanyl, <laughs> <laughs> and you just give yourself over to it. Because the first, I will say, the first ten fifteen minutes, it was not grabbing me immediately. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, oh, oh right. so oh. the story is like Mark plays Toby Wong. He's a special agent from Hong Kong. The idea is this is kind of sci-fi. He has like a bio device in his chest. He's he's, he's a Captain America. Yeah, he get, yeah, he's a super soldier. He has yeah. superhuman speed and agility because of it. But uh because Hong Kong reverts to Chinese control, he doesn't want China to have the the device. So he's fleed to San Francisco with mm-hmm. the Chinese Secret Service like chasing after him with like all American dudes that they've hired to chase him which the bad guy that's chasing him with uh what's his face tracy uh blah 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 yeah um the other bad guy who has long hair who has the best costumes in this fucking movie right. he looks like rob zombie uh but like fucking it's i even john piper ferguson man this this guy why he wasn't like a huge star as like a great character actor is beyond everyone in this fucking movie yeah he's like <laughs> He like, uh, are you trying to be Steve Ray Vaughn? It looks like you're trying to be Steve Ray Vaughn. Because <laughs> like, he's wearing a huge cowboy hat. He has long string hair, and he's wearing like basically like a pirate outfit at some points. So and he's like, the, what the fuck? The hero wants to sell the device, which is like, oh, how noble, to a company in L.A. for five million. Uh, but it's in his chest, and so this hillbilly assassin who's coming after him with his team of never-ending like uh, backup grunts, yeah, keeps showing up. Uh, but he goes into a bar and he meets, yeah, uh, Malik Brody, yeah, uh, played by the Kadim, yeah, and uh, the you know he one of the first major action scenes of the film, basically he just kills the shit out of all the guys after him, except for the main bad guy who regularly gets his ass kicked by the main hero and gets away with it, and he gets away. So uh, why didn't you just kill him? You're like just kill the main bad guy. Why do you keep running off before? Well, because there's always a chance to kill him. There's always a circumstance where he's almost. 
He's he, like the cops come in uh, at the bar no. and they're like, oh, please. And no. the, the bad guy's There's like, times, oh, don't kill me. No, he has times where he could have. I'm like, it's the Michael Myers rule. Kill that guy. Oh. Yeah, you know, just stab him right through the eye. Oh, he's so just good. Just right there. I love it. Uh, but he, he he takes Balak hostage and he's like, okay, well, you're you're going to come with me whether you like it or not. Now, along the way, they're at a motel and they meet Brittany Murphy, who is like. A also, cr- actually, on the way there, they also meet. Uh, uh, Lathan or Lathan, uh, oh, what's her name? She is like her first role. She's uh, that great actress. Uh, shit. What is I your... don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't remember her name. Fuck. Who, where are you talking about? I don't know. Lene, oh, what is her goddamn name? What was her character name? It's uh, Kadeem's uh, ex wife. Kadeem's ex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her, you, everyone would fuck. She's a big actress now. Um, it, it's this this movie is a goddamn murderer's row. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, <clears throat> it matters to me. So it, it's just one insane action scene after another. To no matter where they go, they follow. And then Brittany Murphy is like this whole. My parents own this hotel, but like you know what, you guys are really really hot. And what are you doing? You want to hang out? Lathan, by the way. Uh, fair enough. And. She clearly wants to fuck both of them, and then once it becomes clear, uh, no, she clearly wants to fuck Hadim. Both of them. She was. She's okay. With she would either. not mind fucking Mark uh, Dacascos. Yeah, but, but the thing is, like his thing, like uses all his adrenaline, so he's just like, I'm just gonna pass out for like 26 hours. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, yeah, Kadeem's around. She's like, yeah. Hey, you want to do this? But then the moment it's clear, they're like, Oh, a bunch of guys are coming after, her, but here's a bunch of guns. She's like, Oh, I'm all in. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like you gotta hide. She's like, Oh, what's going on? And uh, and so like at one point they're in a huge action scene in like the garage at the uh, the motel and she just fucking starts blowing people away with a newsy. It is a sight to be seen. This is a weird little movie. It's a strange concept for a film. Like uh, like I feel like it never goes as far as it should. There's a scene where you go back to the main bad guy who's like not not the the hood that's there, the white guy. The main bad guy. The Asian like Who uh, who's the, the the Asian guy in Die Hard? Yes, who is Sitting at his desk and he's got this weird thing at one point, which is like a device supported by a bunch of like fucking like huge Rambo knives. Like, what is that? And they never tell you what that is. I kind of want to know what that was, but it never really comes up again. Should be in drive too. But it's, it's, it's not science fiction, but it's borderline science fiction. It's, it's those, it's those action movies where, uh, they have like a, a one dash of a high concept of an idea that, like just thrown in it. And it doesn't even really matter because yeah. all you really want to see is the main character kick a lot of ass. And there is like a fine, great balance of comedy. And at the same time, all the action sequences are fucking great. They're really, really good. Dude, they're and, really good. Actually. And it the story moves because the, the the great idea about this is that since it's a road movie, you're getting to point A to point B very quickly every single other scene. Like it's edited so well, and uh, like it gets. And I was actually kind of shocked because when the end is happening, I was in the back of my mind like, "Is this a fucking ending? I don't want this fucking movie to end." Because <laughs> uh, I was like, "Wait, is." I guess this is in a way because like they're not going to go to fucking you know China to like kill the bad guy. Uh, but I I was having an absolute blast. If anything, the movie could have used more Brittany Murphy. Like I would have done anything if Brittany Murphy came in. Like 
kicked the door open at that club yeah. that they were in and just yeah. started blowing people away. It's like, that's fucking amazing. So literally the night I saw this, I, I got invited out with uh, Brian Salisbury to just a bar night uh-huh. who, who is uh, one half of uh, the show Junk Food Cinema. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, if Brian Salisbury doesn't know about this movie already, I'm going to just make his fucking day. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, have you ever heard of a movie in the 90s with Mark Dacascos called Drive? And he just stops and he looks at me and goes, you haven't heard of this before now? (laughs) (laughs) I loved every moment of this movie. It is genuinely, I think, a good movie. I don't know about that. I I really think it is. It's a great action movie. It, I think it's a good movie. It's kind of a, a great action comedy. Not a great one. It's a good action comedy that's just weird enough to put it into cult status where you're like, you kind of have to see this if this is your thing. Sure, I guess so. See, the thing is, it's like, I think it hits all the right marks where, it, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about when I took a screenwriting class uh, way, way back in the day. And I remember this this one guy who wrote an action movie and it was so fun just reading the script because he wrote it like, and it was, the story was stupid. It was like, okay, wait, yeah. I'll, I'll take a step back real quick. I know drive is stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. But it was so much fun to read it and to know the effort that was put into it to make an adequate action movie. That's what I felt like with Drive. Was like that is like verbatim, just beat by beat, a perfect little action comedy movie. The perfect non sci fi action film is just not even a script. It's just a action storyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you don't need a script. You need an action storyboard. Yeah. Who cares what the story is? Let's just make sure the action is good. Yeah. And, and, but it still balances everything out with like great, uh, great characters that the thing is like you remember all the characters they're not there's not one even like the the bobo uh uh a henchman of the the rob zombie lookalike guy like you remember him because the last words that he says i was mentioning this earlier it's the funniest thing in the fucking world he's about to get blown away and he's like oh my goodness <laughs> and he just gets destroyed yeah. and it's like i could not believe that they was like that's his last words it's oh my goodness <laughs> Was very appropriate for that actor. It's fucking amazing. And uh, this was actually relatively recently released on Blu-ray from the MVD Rewind Collection. Uh, all those extra features are intact here, but this is the 4K release from 88 Films. Oh, honey. And I think that's like a licensing thing. I think they got away with it because like we're, the Blu-ray is not included here. 88 Films, you're doing God's work. Uh, but there's a there is a new supplement here uh, called Highway to Nowhere fe- featuring Jason Tobin on here. Uh, there's also the original theatrical cut uh, of this film, which apparently there were problems with the original release which, with the aspect ratio, but that was a, uh, apparently been fixed here. There's eight minutes of deleted scenes. Did, did you watch, by the way, the director's cut or the uh, theatrical? No, I watched the the, the, the director's cut. Of oh, course I hell yeah. Yeah. Of course oh, I yeah. did. It's the primary one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the Force Behind the Storm documentary, a 47-minute archival featurette that exists somehow. Look, you this. you have a copy of this. You're giving this copy to me. I want to make this make, make sure that it's clear we'll on this spot. a copy. You're they giving me this copy. They sent me two copies. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm taking this one. Yeah. And I cannot wait to watch that documentary. 
because okay. I, I haven't watched it yet, and I'm going to know everything about this guy. I'm going to go Nathan Flynn on this shit. You and Brian Salisbury <laughs> need to be better friends. We really do. We really do. Uh, there's a interview gallery with a lot of the main stars from this commentary with a shit ton of people, including Dacroscos and Kadeem Hard- Hardison uh, and the original trailer. This is a really solid, weirdly solid release for uh, this this movie that tiny no one's ever film. heard of. I I specialize in cult films. That's like my I do thing. too. And I'm like, I've never even heard of this before yeah. now. The fact that this is not re- released on Criterion is a travesty. Well, speaking of Criterion, our Criterion release this week is Daddy Long Legs. And you're like, I don't know what that is. Well, maybe you should because this is by a director uh, that you probably really, really, or directors that you probably mm-hmm. really, really like, Josh and Benny Safdie, who, of course, did some pretty big films just recently, like uh, Uncut, Uncut Gems, Gems. And The Good Time. And The Good Time, yeah. This is a film that came out in 2009. It's definitely not as heavy as those films, like- to be sure. But when you watch it, if you didn't know this was by them and you got to a certain point about three quarters through, you'd be like, with the Safety brothers involved in this. <laughs> like the the thing is you can kind of tell they they have a odd style one is a lot of like handheld and and uh and sticking on things that you're just kind of uncomfortable with yeah but the story and the characters where they thrive like crazy and they go to places where you're just not really expecting because it's like well no one in their right goddamn mind would go there oh wait i forgot i'm watching a psychopath go through life just like as if it's normal. Yeah, but not even close to as much of a psychopath as those well, previously existing Sure, films. sure. Although it probably has more in common with un- uncut, ge- uncut Gems than it does with Good Times. Yes. Because this is a, a story of a family man. Yeah. He's got children and all that. But the difference is that you know right off the bat in Uncut Gems, this guy is a totally broken, bad, bad human being. Yeah. Who is probably irredeemable. Here... You spend the first half of this film kind of rooting for this guy. Like, get your shit together, man. I mean, like, you're not terrible. You're just like, kind of well, got to get your shit together. You you get it kind of, though, I, like, I I loved how uh, they present this first, the, the, the main character, the, uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, it's Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> how they <laughs> how they Lenny how, Lenny how they, by Ronald Bronstein who, who, who a, co-wrote all their movies too by the way co-written all of their films yeah so he uh, the way that he's pre- uh, presented or introduced is that he's getting a hot dog on uh, um, on, on in New York and uh, he's like at one point he's like hopping the fence over in like in you know Central Park or something like that and he just totally falls down and just destroys the hot dog and he just starts dying laughing yeah. and like trying to put the right hot dog the together. Bat, you like him. And you like him, but then like what's so great about like visually what you're seeing is like he's not taking this seriously. Yeah. Like even like I mean, granted it's just a hot dog, but like even sustenance, he is just not taking, you know, it seriously yeah no it's just like whatever and he picks up the remains off the ground and like, he's like trying to put it together together yeah yeah it's a perfect uh, uh really? introduction went, for that character I, went, I like this guy and you're supposed to you're supposed to like this guy right off the bat that's kind of the goal here yeah is to convince you hey man he yeah he doesn't have his all his shit together but he's a guy who just kind of takes life one day at a time one minute at a time and the problem is he has kids which <laughs> You know, uh, the people that are against abortion, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, 
it's kind of crazy to see. It's like, it's a really weird idea where his character uh, gets his kids two weeks out of the year. And this is the two weeks. And it's just like, all right, no holds barred. And uh, like, it's, it's daddy time I where the two weeks out of the year part. It's, it's kind of, I had to actually read about it a little bit more. Like, why the fuck? Like, what's actually happening here? Cause he does mention at one point, like, he does say to the, the mother when he, uh, is late to pick them up and she's there. And he's like, I get them two weeks. And then, and like, that's, that's the whole deal. So okay. like during the divorce, he gets them two weeks out of the year, but it's like a, con- a consistent or concurrent, uh, two weeks, okay. which like, even a judge like that's not a good idea. Yeah, that's terrible. Idea. Yeah, and as uh, like give him two weeks, just like throughout the year, like every other weekend, kind of thing. And because uh, he just does it, it feels like he just doesn't understand how life just works. No, but he's the, he's a child man. You he's know? a man child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how you say it. A yeah. child man. Child man. <laughs> I am child man. I'm child man with all the powers of a child, but in a man. <laughs> then. He don't he, don't define me. I'll finger paint you into oblivion. No, God. The the uh, again the story is is really it, there's not necessarily a plot because it's just going through life. Him working with like just with his kids, and he unabashedly does love his kids. He and he's oh yeah. He's not necessarily a burn again. You kind of like him, yeah. Until until there takes a turn towards the three quarter mark where I was shocked of what was happening. Cause then it was like, ah, they're the safety brothers uh, where they get in there and they just fuck shit up. And, uh, and he does something that it like so morally irresponsible. Like, it's just like, how the, f- what the, what f- the fuck? fuck? <laughs> what the I know fuck? you're just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. And he's like, no, it'll be fine. And the fact that it is ends up being fine is crazy. Yeah. No, it's, uh, this is like all Safdie Brothers films, a film that's going to make you cringe and feel uncomfortable and like fucking like, oh, God damn it. What the fuck? And Not as much as Good Time and uh, no, Uncut Gems. Which I, I actually prefer this to Uncut Gems myself. Really? Yeah, I, I do. I'm not the world's biggest fan of Uncut I Gems. I love Uncut Gems. Because I, I, I feel like he's just so constant. He has no redeeming qualities. Now, I think the thing I like about this and Good Time is both the lead characters have redeeming qualities. They have redeeming qualities, but I think what still carries Uncut Gems even further is that it's because of Adam Sandler. Being a terrible actor? What? Sorry. He's not a terrible actor. Well, I mean, not a great actor. He's been in five good movies. Yeah? What are they? Name them. Uncut Gems. You have the t-shirt for Adam Sandler. Name five good. Punch Drunk Love. Uh, I Punch would, Drunk I, Love is overrated. <laughs> Un, Uncut Gems is not that good. <clears throat> I would I would argue that Big Daddy is actually pretty good. Oh my god, seriously? Oh, okay. Well, let's not fucking top talking. Hey, 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 hey! I like Spanglish. Oh my god, Almighty! <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! No, I don't, I'm not here to shit on Adam Sandler. I think when he, I think he is a good actor in films that not aren't necessarily the best vehicles for him being a good actor. Sorry. Daddy long legs though. Daddy long legs. I like this movie a lot. I I really liked it. I was like, I'm with you. It, it got me both into the story of like, Oh, I'm rooting for this dad. Like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? And then this denouement where you're like, I 
don't know what happens next and that's kind of why it's interesting well yeah. th- see that's what's so great about their films is that there's since there's not necessarily a plot really you're just seeing them like it, it's it almost feels like a, a video game we're just like what you, if you don't know what the hell is about <laughs> no to happen next never said that before well, but, but like things. you don't know but what's about to happen that. next you're like fuck i gotta do this thing i gotta do that thing now and uh and it, it's like a choose your own adventure where it's <laughs> Just haunting and terrifying every next step you take. And with this, it's definitely lighter than all their other movies. Like, Heaven Knows What is also super fucking intense. I've not seen that. Yeah, fuck. Uh, It's like heroin, but Safety Brothers. And uh, okay, yeah, so even heavier, so even he- so, it's once yeah. again fentanyl, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you think that like the other two movies are really heavy, it's like, let's still watch that one. And um, but this one, it's like they they actually they wrote it mainly about their father, the way yeah. that they were raised. And I, I ended up watching a little bit, of the, you're gonna talk about the special features, but there, there's a documentary that um, is uh, when they're doing pickups for good time. And they're talking about a lot of things and uh, and just like how scrappy they are as filmmakers. Like, man, they are so admirable the way they put things together. And they're still very professional, even when they got like big shit going on. And it's it's they're they're really cool. I, I think they're really, really great writers. Say, directors. It's like a old Sonic Youth fan. I was kind of happy when I found out watching the extras. Oh, the, the, the kids. kids in question are Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth's kids. Yeah. And they just like literally met randomly like they didn't know each other ahead of time like, yeah it was one of those like he didn't even know they were Lee Ronaldo's kids or that you know he was just like who are those kids those kids are what I'm looking for for this film yeah and then turns out they really I mean it's New York everybody's famous right? and Abel Ferreira is in it as a, a as a uh, uh he's the he's the guy that holds the dad of long lungs up right right a robber yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the robber and I was like I, I was looking at it I was like is that Fucking Abel Ferreira. It's a very like the fact that they got this major indie director like him to show up and play this minor role in here says something about like the attention they were already getting. That and just like they they at least in New York. Yeah, like yeah. they're 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 going into subjects that are making people uncomfortable that make them. I think that what they love about it and what I really appreciate about all their films is that they love to challenge the audience and they did it from day one. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that they're probably some of the best, like youngest directors out there right now. And they need to make more movies all the time. And, uh, and yeah, again, your protagonist should have something I like about them. I, I, should be I, something I, I still like think there's something likable about Adam Sandler's there's character. Not. He's irredeemable in the first 10 minutes of that film. I and it say, even gets worse as it goes along. I would say that they still write fantastic characters. Anyway, this comes with, it's Criterion. It's Criterion. It's, it's a great set. comes with a lot of bonus features. There's a brand new feature called Family Affair, uh, which is a new look at the two young boys in the film who now are, you know, adults. It's 2009 when this was made, yeah. Yeah, and it talks to uh, them and their parents who talk about this and their the, the legacy afterwards. There's the universes out there, Josh and, and Benny Safdie. Uh, That's what I watched. Ter- 2017 document- uh, blah, 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 documentary uh, that was filmed for the Criterion channel that's just sort of like talking about the history of them being filmmakers. Was that good? 
Uh, yeah, no, the 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 them experiencing the universe or whatever it is that was really good. And have you ever listened to the, so A twenty four or I think it's A twenty four? They do a podcast. There's a there's a, some like super um, pretentious podcast out there that is um, two filmmakers talking to one another. another. It's called Digital Noise, and uh, <laughs> and you're a filmmaker. <laughs> and so, but it was this uh, one episode where it's Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safdie brothers, and. It was so sweet and super geeky because the Safety brothers are just kind of like, like just fawning oh my over. God, you're Paul Thomas Anderson. But then Paul Thomas Anderson's fawning over them, and it's like, oh, can I get a? Because he was, I think he was talking about either uncut gems or good times. Like, can I get a, a 35 millimeter print of that? Because yeah. he collects 35 million prints. And uh, they're like, uh, yes. <laughs> and like they were like just booting going over the moon because of that it was like oh my god it's it's a great episode you should listen to it another podcast you should listen to other than this there are no other podcasts you should listen to other than this except for other ones presented by one of us.net like trash hey, in the can trash in the can on one of us.net where eric <laughs> samaniego and right Sulo talk about the worst movies you've ever seen except for drive we'll do drive at some point we're gonna watch Will drive really? oh we're gonna watch drive it's the best movie ever made all right so also there is supervised visit which is test footage of the kids here very early on which i did watch and was charming as fuck mm-hmm. uh there's 16 and a half minutes of deleted scenes here Wow. I could see like th- their movies seem like the more punk Terrence Malick where like yeah. we find it in the edit uh, like because yeah. there's so many things like how the fuck do they put the like I'm really trying to figure out how they wrote any of these things. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if they just didn't write it as they went. Oh, you know? totally. You know, and, and it's still all our movies work that way, but it's like still an like acting experiment. It's it's there. There, like we know where this is going to end. We just don't know how we're going to get there. Yeah, <laughs> it's their movies are very interesting and strange that way. Where I I seriously have no idea what's going to happen next, and which also leads me to believe I don't know if they know what's going to happen next. Well, there's second stop from Jupiter for twelve and a half minutes with a very short tw- uh, 2011 documentary, uh, which is a very short look at. The filming of this, uh, which is narrated by uh, the kid's mother, late Leah Singer. Mm. Uh, CNN breaking. Benny Safdie boards plane to Portugal for 38 seconds, which is just a goof off type <laughs> of thing. Uh, why this movie exists. Two and a half minutes, 2009 piece by the Safdie brothers with Benny on the streets of New York City promoting the film. There's nothing you can do. Four minutes of a gorilla style short film made by them uh, before the filming began social experiment type thing uh 10 and a half minutes talk show uh which is the, their early 2000s collaboration with the new york-based art, artist collective red bucket films hmm. uh this is a lo-fi piece created directed and edited by daddy Longlegs production designer uh features them with a few of the key cast and crew members in the original theatrical trailer but now we have to move on to what is clearly the best film we're going to talk about this week. Thank you for joining us on uh, Digital Noise no today. Question, no question. You pulled that uh, joke off. It's fine. You've already done that joke. I know. I it's fine. Uh, Jurassic World, no colon, Dominion. Unless you talk about the... Oh, it's just Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, it, there's no colon. I remember when this so came... So Jurassic is the first name, World's the middle name, and Dominion's the last name. I remember when this came out, like, the, the rep was like sent repeated emails. The, the rep said, I'm sorry. Repeated emails saying, there's no colon. Don't put a colon in it. That's very important to the filmmakers. There's no colon. That's what's important. I not storytelling, not character development, not film tech. Oh, oh wait, fuck wait, them. Wait, wait. 
You didn't love this? Chris, let's slow it down for a second. <laughs> I am... Um, welcome to NPR Digital Noise. Welcome to Digital Noise, where Wright Sulik has actually seen this movie already. Yeah, it's my second time. And I saw this at home Yeah, uh, a few months ago. Yeah. And I unadulteratedly hated it. Oh, and interesting. I, Were you on drugs? No, unfortunately I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I was because I would have maybe mildly liked it better. And when... Well, I was on drugs and I can tell you, <laughs> this is a great movie. This is a terrific, when, terrific movie. When you gave this to me... Yeah. You literally, he vomited over me. I literally showed it to him. Over you? And it was just like, he just exploded vomit all over me. I And I was like, are you okay with watching this again? I was (laughs) so angry. You gave this to me. I was like, do I have to watch this? And I remember your your response to it. It was like, yeah, well, it's 4K. I'm like, God damn it. No, I didn't say it was 4K. I said, this is the extended director's (laughs) cut. (laughs) it's <laughs> like you mean there's more no it's 14 minutes longer and here's what's so shitty is that i okay i watched it a few months ago and i watched this again and uh i did notice the the bits that were added into I, it i barely did and what's so shitty is that it's not like there's like a five minute sequence of something new it's like it's it is peppered throughout and i'm just like oh i fucking hate this movie even more sorry i kind of ironically like this movie and i admit it's ironically i'm just like this is a terrible movie but all the jurassic world movies are terrible yes this is just the first one they put out that i wasn't bored by how in God's God exists in this scenario. Yeah. How in God's name were you not fucking bored? There's, this movie is insanely bad. It's like the Transformers movie, the last one they no. did with King Arthur and all that no. shit. Where it was like, this is so over the top, badly planned, badly conceived, just terrible on every level. But it also never stops going. That I was just like, I hate this movie. In a way that I kind of love this movie. Oh and my this god! This is this for me, where I was just like, "This is so badly made on every level, except the one thing the first two movies did that were also bad uh-huh. was that they're so boring. They're so boring, and this one was like, it's not boring. I'm, I'm, it just I'm, keeps going from one thing to the next, and you even have the the plus of like, here's all the original Jurassic Park actors <clears> coming <throat> back, yeah. and all they do is repeat variations on their lines of the things that he said before the, the original Jurassic Park. This, I was like, this is, this is so sad. Okay, that it's funny. It's this is not funny. <laughs> None of this has I mean, been funny. They go into globe driving James Bond adventures here. Look, l- listen to me real quick <laughs> for I, no good reason. I have written like dissertations about how much I hate this movie so far because. <laughs> I finally realized after watching Dominion um, why none of the Jurassic World movies work is because the Jurassic original Jurassic they're Park all directed by Colin Trevorrow or I'm sorry the first one and this one yeah. no the first, all of them have been directed by no him. the third one was directed or no, second the second one, one was directed he wrote it but he did not direct it are you sure yeah I'm pretty sure it was it J G Boyoya yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah. Uh, whatever and uh, oh so someone else directed a terrible movie yeah. um so. 
That, that's the worst one, the second one. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is why the first movie works, is that... No, it doesn't, though. No, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, no, that works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting agitated talking about this oh, movie. Well, I can tell. Like, it's hard to agitate right. But so I'm pissing them off somehow. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, Clever girl. The, <laughs> that works! Uh, okay, so the first movie is about characters who are not prepared for the situation at all. They're not action stars. They're not... They're, I, I didn't know that Laura Dern was a kick-ass, like, atomic blonde. I didn't know that Sam Neill was the next John Wick. I didn't know Jeff Goldblum. Well, Jeff Goldblum's Jeff Goldblum. But yeah. these, these characters... Don't you run on Jeff Goldblum. What, what's so interesting about those characters, they're a fish out of water in primar- primordial ooze of the dinosaur world. And so that's what works about it, is that they have to figure out how to survive. Sure. There are stakes at that. Then every, in, in every everything in the Jurassic World series so far is that Chris Pratt is fucking Captain America the entire fucking time. There is no tension. There is no stakes whatsoever except for the fucking assistant that gets brutally murdered. Again, let me say they're all bad. They're all bad. This has just reached the point of bad that is kind of like where it crosses over into like i actually kind of enjoy this because of how bad it is incorrect whereas the other two were just boring not bad fun they're just bad they're all exceptionally boring they're all equally this one boring this is this is this actually this one made me so angry motorcycle chases through like i don't even know where the fuck they were some like foreign city with like velociraptors chasing because they have the fucking black market of the dinosaurs i'm like fuck again Super dumb, but that's the whole thing. It's like the velociraptors that are like that go off of laser pointers. Yes, yeah, that's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's stupid, and it's also fun to watch. It's not fun to watch because everything looks so fucking fake. I'm like, I, I don't know about that. I thought the effects were okay. Oh, I. I come on. I know you want to feel that way because you hate this. No, like the effects were not terrible here. Uh, yeah, they were. And, uh, really? Yeah, it's just like, cause you compare, unfortunately, I, no I still compare it to Jurassic Park, which still looks fucking fantastic. Sorry, I have no problem with the effects here. I don't even understand that, uh, that attack. I'm like, I watch it, rewatching, I'm like, the effects are fine. I just, I don't feel like, the, uh, the, it's um, a, again, the danger. Terrible movie. No, again, nothing to do with the effects. It's just, but the even like with the effects, fine. like, the, the thing is, they can't even, there's like shots where they can't even like put them in the same shot sometimes. And it doesn't seem like they're like, I, I don't know. I just, I never felt the tension, the danger, even like with the effects involved with it. Like the fucking, mm, the end <laughs> of the movie where fu- I, I don't know what is wrong with the Jurassic World movies where they think it's like, Hey, okay. Cause I also don't understand Godzilla versus King Kong. It's, I think the I, I concept. Love Godzilla versus King Kong. The, um, I love it. I, but also one of those, like, you went the right level of dumb for me to love this movie. I understand. Yeah. It, I liked those movies I liked that slightly movie more much than this. better than this. Cause this movie I don't love. I just can enjoy it based on how stupid it is. It is. It's very stupid because it also makes no sense and I don't understand and I don't know why I'm watching the movie at that point. But Because okay, I said you have to watch this movie. Well, other than that. 
But uh, I'm 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 getting I'm so I'm getting so angry. Uh, I never, never but <laughs> let's see how far we can push this, ladies and gentlemen. But the fucking end of this goddamn movie, where the the T Rex and the 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 new but also oldest dinosaur, the apex predator, the spiny sword, I don't know what the fuck it's called. It isn't fucking. I don't even know it's real. And uh, what what is the the bad the bad dinosaur? Uh, yeah. Which I love that. The villain dinosaur. The villain di- They were the- rooting for the T-Rex now. I know how. <laughs> it's like, hey, you remember Jurassic Park? Yeah? Okay, shut up. <laughs> but remember the T-Rex? Like, oh, yeah, that was scary. It's like, just shut up. Okay, the T-Rex is a good guy. Like, yeah. but He's I- basically Jason Statham in the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> so at the end of the fucking movie, when you're supposed to root for the goddamn T-Rex, facing off the other dinosaur, they look also the fucking same. And um and the like the the humans are just running around like Dude, the, the best fucking- is the Freddy Krueger dinosaur though, who comes in like with a, the fucking hey, fa- y'all, like- hey y'all, I'm gonna settle this. <laughs> I'm gonna settle this and impale the bad dinosaur. Sorry. I, I- I love Freddy Krueger dinosaur, okay? The Freddy Krueger dinosaur um, is also there just like, what? And then just like, it impales itself, the fucking fang, or the, the talons, yeah. and like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically Cardi B as a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so bad. I love it. It's so stupid. It's so much fun watching it the second time, too, because I was like, I was right. This is dumb fun. It's dumb so dumb it's so dumb it transcends being bad into just like i i don't know if this was your intent because i kind of i can both hate it and love it at the same time i it's I, awful there's very little uh, to recommend it the effects are fine i'm sorry you're wrong about that the effects are totally fine i'm sure okay uh, but like I, I just there's so many dumb mistakes colin trevorrow Whoever let you have a director's license here? I don't know at this point now because I liked Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, that's the only good movie you ever made. And then you realize, like, oh, that's the only good one he's ever made. And, like, he's not um, good. No, uh, no. Any definition. And here's what's the problem. I was hopeful about the second one because Jay Bayoni had actually made a good movie or a couple good movies. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe he'll save it. But no. here's, (laughs) Here's the fucking problem, though. Colin Trevorrow will never stop making movies because he made who owns this? Is it Disney? I don't even know who owns this anymore. I, 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 Park. I, I, um, I mean, Disney owns almost all the. I'm assuming Disney and, and Verizon I, I own so uh, Jurassic Park World. Can we just and, see Wolverine fight the T Rex? That's all I want. But I he made that that first Jurassic World made a Billy. Yeah, yeah. It was and made the fact stupid money ma- the fact that it made that is like all three you, of them made stupid money is like the fact that that happened is like you have the key the keys to the kingdom do whatever the living fuck you want this made 997 million dollars i have to tell you people and i'm included in this now because i've seen this movie which i'm assuming i guess the world has seen this <laughs> because it made not it, uh, it made almost a billion dollars we're all dumber because we watched this movie. No, I And also, we should be ashamed that we watched this movie. Except for me, because I and, was so And we're all going to hell. Uh, there is no hell. There's only where there's we There's a hell right now, now because all they play is Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> I mean, I, Jurassic World colon I'll say Dominion. My least favorite thing about this film was Campbell Scott as the villain, who was like, We got Datsun! We I'm got Datsun here! I'm, I'm this affable Steve Jobs type guy here. It's like... 
you never really found a way to make this character work as a villain. He's just like, oh, wishy-washy. I'm like, well, I thought he fucking like that- died in the first one. So who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I, what? He wasn't in the first one. What are you talking about? Dodson. No, in, no. in Jurassic oh, Park. No, no. What? No, Doctor Lewis Dodson was not in Jurassic Park. Was he? We got Dodson. We got Dodson here. That's that character, yo. Oh wow, it's the same character. You're right. Anyway, doesn't matter. He's terrible. That in totally matters. Also, I hate. I hate the why does BD Wong keep having to be in these films? Why? I'm just like why is BD gives a shit about the redemption of BD Wong? No right? one. No, no one cares one. about Locust. Actually, no one wants- I care about is Omar Sy. Where I'm like, let's who who plays who? like he's like he was in the last one or he was in the first one. Oh, he's easy he Chris he's Pratt's the guy buddy, who's the French intelligent agent, uh, the black guy who oh, they meet yeah, up with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. I'm like, first off, that actor's amazing. He's great. I he's love been him. in so many good things, and I'm just like. Can we do a spinoff that's just about him being a super spy, sure. but doing it where he's called loop in the where, third, where his best friend is a velociraptor mm. and they like talk to each other and shit. When, know. when Chris Pratt, uh, Oh boy. Talks to blue, the Raptor. No, those are the worst scenes in the whole movie. I, I, you know, I loved Chris Pratt. Granted, he has now become a problematic person. Okay. He but, is this generation. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Am he, I wrong? He's lost so much good good graces and goodwill with I mean, but then again, people don't give a shit because they watch his movies and they're like, I love him and uh and like they'll pay all this stupid ass money to see these fucking movies. I'm surprised they have was like, Oh yeah, we're gonna make sixteen more. Like I like fucking James Cameron's like, you mean to fucking tell me that they've made Three Jurassic Worlds where I've made only one Avatar and I'm finally get this fucking, I'm squirting out the second one to now. Fair, to be fair, Cameron, every time we make fun of him for that shit, he comes out of the movie and we all go, okay, that was actually pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> and like, take your fucking time. But also at the same time, like, give him all the time and money he needs to make his fucking movies because they're, they're usually all really good. Yeah. And then this fucking fart Even out. Even though everyone a, like shits on them after, after the fact. They're of like, course oh they do. Oh my God, please like, stop. Have you seen Titanic? It's fucking awesome. Titanic's a great movie. It's a great movie. Sorry if you're cynical about it. Maybe you either have never actually seen it and are just paying because attention you're just to like, internet. Have you seen so. Kate Winslet ever? Kate Winslet is a fine, fucking fantastic actress and she's baller and in course, Titanic. everyone thinks Leo DiCaprio is a terrible actor. What? Right. The what? fuck is wrong with you? It's like, Leo DiCaprio was good out of the gates? Are you fucking serious? Sorry. You mean James Cameron no, casted the perfect movie. movie? It's got serious romance stuff. I can't watch that. And I'm sorry. Kate Winslet gay. shows her fucking titties in it. So watch a goddamn movie. Yeah, well, that's fair. But but at the same time, I think Avatar is fucking great, too. I, I saw Avatar. I thought, look, we get this borrowing from other stuff. Sure. And the script could have been better. Sure. But come on. It's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> it's really fun. Fuck Jurassic Park World Dominion or whatever the fuck it's called. Okay. The, yeah. Okay. Fine. Fuck this movie. Fuck it. But if you don't want to say fuck it, the 4K <sighs> release of this does come with some extra features, including a short film for about 10 minutes called Battle of Big Rock, which is about a family <sighs> in the midst of a dinosaur battle. <sighs> There's a six minute, a new breed of VFX talking about the best visual effects. And once again, the visual effects are really good in here. No matter what Wright says, <sighs> they're pretty fine. impressive. Uh, and Dinosaurs Among Us Inside Jurassic World Dominion, which is a five part EPK it's, feature. It's a, it's a now this uh, YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
I'm making fun of the movie at this point because they uh, fucking do that. So I think we both agree that the pick of the week, week here is Jurassic World Dominion, though, right? This is my last episode of. Uh, <laughs> noise. I, I don't believe. I, of all the kung fu movies, I know what movies, you want. The, all drive. the kung fu movies I've done, but Drive is by a fucking mile. Fine. The best movie that we I'm, did this week. I'm more of a running out of time one and two guy. Running out of time is a close second. Yeah, but I'll give you Drive just because I know for the people yes! who love this type of thing. This is like one of those, oh, if you've not seen this, you need to see this. And it's a solid set. I will go to my grave driving that drive all the I had no idea he would be so excited about this when it's like they accidentally sent me two copies. And I was like, oh, cool. I hadn't even watched it yet. And I was just like, I'll just go ahead and because I'm bringing the, the stack anyway. So yeah. go ahead and take this one. You know, even though it's way ahead of time for normal. Go ahead and take it and watch it. First thing he watches, and he's like, I love it. I love you. <laughs> I, I, this is the first movie I watched out of this whole batch. And I was like, I started with the best and I'm so not looking forward to the rest. 